I'm Dion Baia, and welcome back to another all-new edition of the Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers' this Sidecast. Regular listeners of the podcast will know our good friend Randy Jurgensen needs no introduction. The legendary former NYPD homicide detective, Korean War veteran, turned film consultant, producer, writer, and actor, has been a great friend to the show and has lent his exclusive first-hand knowledge, and we've also interviewed him at length here for the Sidecast discussing his dual careers and unpacking his years on the force and the famous cases he was involved in, and then his transition and fascinating segue into the film industry and the groundbreaking movies that he was a part of. Last week he called me one evening and wanted to sit down and discuss the passing of his lifelong friend and former partner Sonny Grasso, who rose to fame much the same way Randy did, and who was immortalized on screen by Roy Scheider in the 1971 film The French Connection. At his urging, we sat down to talk about their friendship, their parallel career paths that brought them both from the police department and onto the silver screen, and memories he has that he's never discussed with anyone before. Spontaneous and off the cuff, I sat down one morning with Randy at his home for this amazing, exclusive, insightful interview, where we talked about their amazing police and film careers, their singular inputs to the Godfather film, and Sonny's biggest regret about the French Connection film. Well, thank you for joining us today, Randy. Great, great to see you. I, I wish it was under better circumstances. It's okay. Yeah. So, um, I, I lost my childhood friend, uh, my partner, uh, the best man uh, at my wedding, uh, godfather to one of my uh, children, uh, uh, first grade, uh, I'm going to call him narcotic detective, uh, Sonny Grasso. Uh, so much has been written uh, over the years about about Sonny and uh, and about me uh, and the things that he did, the cases that he made, uh, even the movie work that he did. But uh, I'll bet you don't know that uh, Sonny Grasso played the harmonica. Mm-hmm. We uh, <clears throat> we were in narcotics and uh, we were following. Uh, Two, um, I, I guess I'm going to call them uh, su- uh, suspects uh, in, in, in a drug deal uh, that was happening uh, in uh, Connecticut and uh, in uh, New York. It, it's much deeper than that, but the, f- for the purpose of, the, of, of, uh, of this story, uh, that will suffice. And uh, while in the car and I was driving... Uh, <clears throat> It started in Brooklyn, and we went up through uh, in, into Manhattan, and we got on uh, 95, and suddenly uh, we were going up the uh, highway, and I found us uh, in, in, in Connecticut, uh, where we probably had no authority, uh, no, certainly was out of our jurisdiction, but we were, fo- we, we were following them, and... Um, Suddenly, uh, uh, my partner, uh, my friend Sonny Grasso, uh, goes uh, inside his jacket pocket and he takes out uh, his harmonica 
and he started playing he started playing uh, the harmonica that's a memory that uh, I will not I, I, I will not forget of course uh, we followed him to the house uh, we got the the number of the house etc etc and we started back down and uh, we went uh, we went back to the, uh, we called it our home, and that was the first precinct in downtown, uh, downtown Manhattan uh, where the narcotic unit was uh, located. Uh, I, of course, uh, spent about 14, uh, 15 months uh, making uh, street buys. And, uh, what year is this, you say? This is- well... This is the sixties. It's the it's the very early it's the very early sixties. And you got out of uniform and you went undercover. Oh now you're doing yeah, narcotics. Uh, yeah, I was in uh, yeah. uh, undercover narcotics. Um, Sonny was born on the. Uh, and what you were leading to was ended up being the Patsy Fuca case, which yes. ends up Robin Moore writes the book yes. and then turns into yes. the French Connection. Yeah. Yes, Sonny uh, Sonny was born uh, in uh, East Harlem. And I was born in uh, West Harlem. There's, there's about four or five years different in our ages. Um, <clears throat> Sonny uh, was, was raised uh, uh, and moved over out of a, a very heavy uh, Italian neighborhood. He moved over to uh, West 125th Street, a place called uh, Vinegar Hill. And it was a very uh, heavy uh, brogue-speaking Irish uh, neighborhood. Um, I knew, I knew of Sonny Grasso when we were kids. He used to run the basketball, run the basketball games up there at City College. Uh, but uh, no, the age difference then, uh, no. Um, I fibbed, fudged, if you will, along with others, and I went into the service at uh, sixteen. Uh, Sonny went into the service at about 19 or 20. Uh, we wound up in Korea. I did not know it uh, at, this, at the same time. Or you were wounded. Uh, yes. Uh, Sonny, uh, Sonny, was, uh, uh, Sonny was like in a non-combatant uh, position over there. He was in uh, I-Corps, which was the Signal Corps. And, uh, you know... Uh, I, I don't know if it was Morse code, to tell, whatever they were doing, you know. Uh, that's where he worked. Uh, he was very, very good at it. So uh, when we came out of the service, I did, I did meet, uh, I did meet Sonny Grasso. He was living in the, in the same neighborhood. Obviously, I was in the same neighborhood. We were just uh, 10, city, 10 city blocks uh, apart from each other. Where he lived, it was called Vinegar Hill. I was born on 124th Street in Amsterdam Avenue at home in, 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 in West Harlem. So we were only 10, block, 10 blocks apart. And um, his favorite song at that time when we came out of the service was a song by the Silhouettes, and it was called Get a Job. <laughs> yeah. Because there were no jobs. But there was a program... I, I guess it was a federal program uh, where uh, together uh, we joined uh, we, we, we joined what was called the 26 Club, and we received $26 a week 
for uh, for uh, uh, twenty six weeks. And while we were doing that, and don't forget this, while while we were doing that, um, uh, stickball was uh, was the was the big game uh, going on. Sonny had gone on to the uh, p- uh, police department. I was nineteen or twenty, and uh, when I was playing stickball, and along came uh, Mike Trainer. And Mike Trainer had these applications. Now, Mike Trainer later on would marry Sonny Grasso's sister. Sonny had uh, three sisters. Uh, <clears throat> so he had these applications. And um, I, I, my memory uh, of this, it, I took the Department of Parks, the post office, and the police department. I, I I know I didn't take the fire department. I don't know why, but 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 in any You're case, just looking for a job. Yeah, I was looking for a job, and uh, the the police department called. I had never any intentions at all. This was not uh, something that I wanted to do. This was a job, and I was not working. So, I, jo- I joined I joined the police department. Yeah. So. <clears throat> When I completed my time within the police department, I was assigned to the 25th precinct, which was Spanish Harlem. And the day that I reported over to the 25th precinct in Spanish Harlem, on the steps was Sonny Grasso. And of course, he had been there a year, uh, 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 a year and a half, and he, he, he greeted From that point on, Sonny Grasso and I were, were never separated. No, we didn't always work the, the same places within the police department, but yes, uh, we, we, we were basically inseparable. A- after I did about a year in uniform uh, in, the, in, the, in the 2-5 precinct, I was sent down and, uh, you, you know, maybe you're interviewed for some... I was not interviewed. There was a Q&A... Uh, and it was uh, uh, given to me uh, by, I believe, uh, I believe Mario Biaggi, who was a lieutenant at that time, who would go on to be uh, a congressman, uh, you know, uh, in, in New York City, state of me, whatever. Uh, and of course, I was accepted, uh, you know, where were you born, where were you raised, blah, blah, blah. And I was now in narcotics, and I was undercover narcotics, and I was making buys out in the street uh, for uh, Sonny and Eddie, uh, for, for Sonny and Eddie. And we've done in prior interviews, you go into detail of how you got from uniform into, um, into uh, the undercover. Yeah. So if right. anybody wants to go check that out, they can. They can, yeah. yeah. So uh, th- th- that's what I was doing. Now, I, I'm, talking, uh, I'm, I'm talking about, uh, uh, you know, memories and uh, a lot of times we would be uh, sitting, you were doing buys for them, like because they were doing cases. You were oh, they going, would do. Yeah. They they would. You're doing I, level I was buys. doing. I was. I was. I was in street narcotics. Yeah. Uh, they they were uh, in a narcotic uh, uh, unit that was working on kilos. 
you know, they, they weren't working on $75 street buys that I was making. Sure. Yeah, if you wanted to follow the food chain, you know, where did, uh, where did I buy from? Well, when you got that guy, you know, where did he get it from? You could go up the line, but sure. that was not very successful. They were working sort of from the top, from the top down, you know? And uh, um, I, a, a, memory I, a memory I have was that uh, uh, it was 1963, and of course, I, I made a buy up on the fifth floor, and the, the, the buy was not going to go well. I could see that because sneakers and hands were coming up the stairs as I made the buy, and I knew I was in trouble. Because you thought you got made. Yeah, and well, I no, I, I I wasn't made. They they were coming. I had already given the money to, uh, at the door. The guy had the door, and I and I had and I had the drugs. Uh, obviously, I was now going to be ripped off uh, for the drugs. So um, I beat it up over the roofs, jumped over a couple of roofs, went down, went down the fire escape, got into the backyard, went out, and I came out on Delancey Street. And you know, look, you know, every cop will tell you the same thing. When something is when something is not right, we call it something is not correct. It's your stomach that's telling you something was not right. Uh, I I went past Ratner's and they had a TV in the in the window, black and white, and the people were milling around. And it, it's Delancey Street at the time was a, was a, a heavily population. Of, of, of Jewish people. I went into the precinct and, uh, you know, identified myself, uh, uh, given some numbers of, of, of paperwork that only a cop would know. And the sergeant was behind the desk. And I, I, I said to him, I said, you know, what's going on? What's, what's wrong? And this was his exact words. Where the fuck have you been? They just shot and killed the president of the United States. Wow. So that's a memory that I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't forget. I ran out of there. I vouched the, the the drugs. I ran out of there, and I went to knock. I went down to uh, narcotics, and of course, the, all the narcotic guys were there, and Sonny Grasso and Sonny was there, and I I I, I, I saw Sonny, and we embraced, and he was crying, he was crying, and on his desk, Sonny was drawing President Kennedy. He, I'm not going to say that he was an artist, but besides playing the harmonica, Sonny, uh, he, he was drawing uh, a picture of, uh, of, of, pres uh, of President Kennedy. I'll never forget that. You think that's there, but that was because of what happened or he was in the middle of doing it when it happened? No, because it happened. Okay. Because it happened. And um, nobody spoke. Uh, it, it, nobody spoke so within a week or two or I, I, I can't remember you know exactly maybe, uh, two weeks at the outside I got called to the district attorney's office and this is a whole long story but you know <clears throat> I, I was undercover narcotics and suddenly I found myself in an apartment on Bleecker Street and I was undercover going into uh, what I will call the uh, the world of the of the homosexuals, as there was a, a white, uh, a white and black, uh, call them perpetrators. They would later be called the salt and pepper, 
and homosexuals were not only being killed, they were being dismembered. Uh, and a lot of the, the parts of these human beings were turning up uh, in, the, in the meat district down on, down, on 40, uh, down on 14th Street. And I was given an apartment and of course I went undercover and uh, six months, uh, whatever it was. Because they thought at first these were cops. Yes. They thought that they were shaking down. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. And this goes to end up being, the finality of this is being become, becomes the, the bag murders. Well, it was called the bag murders. And, and then the movie So when I made that, when, uh, before I made that case, before I made that case, I got called back down to the district attorney's office and at the Agogo, there was a lewd and indecent act. Cafe a la Gogo, yeah. yeah and I, I just changed wires uh, and went up there. And of course, it was Lenny Bruce. Yeah. And uh, that, how, what, a, what, a, what a jumble F situation that was with the tape and this and that. We, we, we've talked about that. How, yeah, you oh, went through several times. God the recording almighty. wasn't good oh, enough. Oh, my God go almighty. But... I wound up uh, seizing the equipment. That uh, they were not only that, I you know I I, I I I wound up in the arrest of uh, of Lenny Bruce, which uh, we also talked about in other prior interviews. Yes, to go check out yes, as we well. have. Yeah. So after that, uh, after that, I wrapped up uh, the Salt and Pepper case, and I I was given a gold shield. I didn't get my gold shield from narcotics. I I got my gold shield. From from that case, and yes, uh, a movie w uh, a movie would be made out of that, but not before not before the French Connection movie no. would be made. So, I was then sent up to uh, I was then sent up to uh, at the time they called it uh, Harlem Homicide, and I went up to Harlem Homicide. I worked in the two eight precinct. And I be I uh, was I made second grade, and I was uh, I was what they call the team leader, the the team leader. I had five guys uh, uh, five guys under me. It it was it wasn't an awkward situation, but always wherever I wound up, like even in narcotics or whatever it was, I I was the youngest. You know, I I, I, I I was the youngest. You know, and to be the team leader, <laughs> and these guys had more time on the job than me. And But anyway, it worked out fine. So I guess I was doing that for about a year, maybe a year and a half. And uh, we made some good cases. Uh, normally cases that are made... Uh, uh, made uh, in Harlem. I'm sorry to say, they never got in the newspaper. Yeah, they never got in the newspaper. It wasn't six o'clock news ever. And you called uh, that the murder factory, right? The oh, it was. That's it, what they. That was oh, the term because it was the smallest precinct. It, it was the smallest precinct with the most homicides. In the, in the city, the most event, injured yeah. and killed cops at the time. Wow. Yes, yes, and I know this sounds cold, but we would, uh, uh, we would. We would uh, challenge the detectives from the uh, from the four one, which at the time was called Fort Apache. We were called the Murder Factory, and the seven nine in Brooklyn was called to live and die in Bedford Stuy. 
but we would challenge the four one, which the two eight precinct could actually fit four or five times into the area of the of the four one in the South Bronx, and we were in in Central Harlem, and we would challenge them as to who would have the most homicide. I know that's cold, but that's how, that's how you get by. That's that's how you get by. You get by 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 walking into a scene of a horrendous homicide which involves children and women and you say and I did this forever I would walk in and say I didn't do this I did not do this but in any case that helps you just get past it and so you become numb yeah you become numb Uh, so and for two years we won we, we, we handily beat the 4-1 in homicides, in, in homicides. And the payoff was steak dinners in Peter Luger's backyard <laughs> down in Greenwich Village. And if you want to see a sorry bunch that, that had to pick up that tab, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So while all of that was going on, one day like Sonny Grasso stood outside the 25th precinct and met me as I came in with my equipment. One day I turned around in the 2-8, the murder factory, I turned around and standing at the doorway with a briefcase and stuff was Sonny Grasso. And he had been transferred into the 2-8. And what year would you say this is now? I'm gonna say it's sixty-five. Okay. It's it's got to be it's got to be sixty-five. And the bag murders was prior to sixty-five or so. Oh yeah, that yeah. was all finished. Yeah, but that was. That I was, was finished early, with narcotics. Yeah. I was finished with the bag murders. I was finished with Lenny Bruce. Yep. Yeah. You know, and you know, I I I began to sort of cut a wide path, if you know what I mean. I began to sort of do it. I was saying to, to, to do it my way, sure. you know. I I I I got assigned to Forty uh, 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 Second Street, uh, you know, with with, uh, with five other detectives uh, to clean up Forty Second Street. The Beatles were coming to town, or the mayor. The, there there was a mayoral race to to get down there, you know, and to uh, clean up Forty Second Street. That meant prostitution. And that did not mean they didn't want this anymore. Just go in and round them all up. And, you know, no, you know, they wanted arrests. They wanted convictions and so forth and so on. And so the unit that I worked in, it quickly became known as the Pussy Posse. Yeah. And I I worked that, I I guess I worked that for about three months until the Beatles came or the mayor got elected, whatever it was. 42nd Street went back to being 42nd Street, and I went back to doing whatever I was doing, you know, up in uh, up in Harlem. It was almost like but, a task task force for the yeah, lie, but you know, but to keep it up you appearances. Know, but the name the name was growing. Sure, you know, the name your 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 rep. Yeah, it you know it it, it 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 was growing, and I would get pulled off. I would get pulled off to work on uh, cases. I would get pulled off to work on cases like the Marcus Nelson cases, which was, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the, the, the two women, uh, wait, what, 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 their, their names, they were killed. 
hor- horribly killed uh, over there. Uh, Abby Mann wrote, wrote it up, and it was called The Marcus Nelson, the Marcus Nelson uh, uh, Murders. You know, one of the girls was, her father was a big publisher. In any case, I was pulled over to work on that case, uh, just basically on the outside. And, you know, I, six o'clock news cases, I, 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 I get, called in, get called in. Any Anything that happened in Central Park, which, which, which made uh, national news, you know, so. But no, n- nobody came. Whoa. Wiley Hoffa? Yeah. Wiley, uh, Wiley Hoffa, right. And then what came, what came out of that was the, uh, what came out of that was the Marcus Nelson, Marcus Nelson, I worked with Abby Mann, and of course, the short version is, while working on that, a detective that was, uh, that Abby Mann created within the Marcus Nelson, his name was Kojak. Yeah, and back then he still had a C. And they did that for the pilot, the Marcus Nelson murders, which, and then, then they Exactly. Up, they cut the C out, they make it Kojak, uh, uh, J-A-K, and then they, they, they beget a series, which right. was iconic in the 70s. And of course, I worked at, I worked Yeah, I, and you I, told me. I worked at Kojak, I worked at day and night. And I, Telly I, I, Savalas didn't want to carry a gun, he wanted to suck on a lollipop. And you, you know, said they needed you needed to make him a lieutenant because he needed yeah, to yeah. boss him because he was around. bossing everybody around. <laughs> so you like so you, gotta he, make he, you know so Crocker and uh, you know everybody his exactly. brother Stavros exactly yeah. So in any case, um, and that was a brutal the the actual thank you the actual case was horrific. The two women were killed and, and they were in their it's house. a long and, story. Yeah, yeah, it's a long story. It's it, one of the things that wasn't exactly, uh, you know, a shining moment for the police department because I would not walk in anybody's shoes. I will not criticize anybody. But, you know, Brooklyn, Brooklyn arrested, uh, you know, the wrong guy. Brooklyn arrested. But in any case, uh, yeah. So all of that was going, all that was going on and then came... And then, then came Sonny Grasso. Now, my memory, my memory is of how Sonny had to leave the job. We had many, many calls. As I say, I was really plugged in very, very good in Harlem. Now, when I was a kid, when I was 11 or 12, I was running numbers, illegal numbers. And uh, all I had to do was pick up the numbers, which was called the work. And sometimes I picked up the money. The, mo- the work I would keep in my pocket, the money, I would put, uh, the money I would put in my sock. The guy that I was doing this for told me, look, put the work in your sock and put the money in your pocket. Because, you know, take the money, take the money. If the, if the cops were going to get you and they were going to take the money, you know, he still had the work. If they took the work, you understand, the people would come forward and say, hey, I played this, I played that, and there's no record of it, and, and, and what are you going to do? Yeah. So that's what I did. His name was Clint, Clint Blackshear. 
Clint was a neighborhood fixture. Um, I remember one time, uh, Dion, one of the people, a friend of mine, still alive today, the sheriff came and put him out, put, put, they couldn't pay the rent, so they, they, they put the furniture out in the street, they did it. They almost evicted him. Now, you have to understand, my age, Sonny's age, we're born in the Depression. Yeah. We were raised in the Second World War. My birthday is December 7th, 1941, the day the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor. We were born in the Depression. My parents, they had nothing. My, yeah. No job. My, my, my parents became superintendents, so they didn't have to pay rent and took care of the building. We were raised in the Second World War. I quickly learned, you know, you couldn't get meat. You know, we had stamps, this, that, so forth. Ration cards and stuff. Ration yeah, cards, yeah. no gas. They didn't they, make... There was a bootleg they, industry for that. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. They didn't make... They didn't make... Uh, they didn't make... Uh, cars for... Cars. After, they yeah. didn't make cars. All turned to war effort, yeah. And I I didn't know this about my dad, but I knew it about my uh, about my two uncles. And uh, one, one was... Um, you know, he took sports betting... And uh, my other un my other uncle uh, took the numbers, uh, so I, I learned it quite quickly. So I was now collecting 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 numbers. But it was and, a different kind of world because, they, like you said, the neighborhood fixtures they were there. They were looked. They were they took so, they took care of the neighborhood. So what happened? So what happened with my friend? You know, going back to the people who got evicted and the yeah. stuff got put out in the street. Uh, Clint paid the rent. And of course, all of us, we moved their furniture back in. My mother being, my mother being the, the, the superintendent and all of the, bo the electrical boxes and everything were located uh, in the basement. I, b believe me, with some kind of a wire and a penny, my mother turned the, 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 power, back the power back on so, so that they had it. I, you know, was this shocking? And a, no, and I, this was not an everyday occurrence. But okay, so I'm born in the Depression, raised in the '40s, right? And so by the time, by the time we get to the '50s, you know, by the time we get to the '50s, I mean, we can't wait to get into the service. I mean, everybody's come home from the Second World War. Uh, you know, They're heroes. Late, later on, uh, 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 m m much later on. Uh, uh, Lynn, uh, uh, Lynn, wife, would, Lynn yeah. would learn. Her uncles, her uncles are, uh, earned medals in the in the Second World War, and uh, I, one might have even got a Purple Heart and stuff. We never knew any of that. Yeah. But they came home, and here they were, and there were parades, and this was that. And my grandfather got and, a Purple Heart. And it was America, too. and yay, we we conquered the world, and now we're now we're feeding Europe, you know, with the Marshall Plan. Magata, Magata's in in Japan, and he's going to bring Japan back, and bop, 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 and 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 people in my neighborhood will not buy anything Japanese made, and sure. bop, 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 it was all this, and it was all that. And so now, you know, and it's the army, and it's the navy, it's the marines. Now it comes time to go into the, it's, it's come time to go into the service. I have uh, three cousins, uh, three, co uh, well, my brother, and three cousins that I, I was raised very, 
we were raised like all together, you know. The three of them became Marines. I went and I went in, and I went into the army. So the thirties is the depression, the forties is the war, and the fifties is Sonny and I are now into Sonny and I are now into Korea. You know, into into Korea, into the, you know, into, into the fifties. By the time we get into the sixties and the drugs and the uh you know the burning of the flag uh i mean it, it like it didn't happen overnight you know it's weird because it seems in the 40s you know even though people were doing illegal things like the drugs hadn't gotten into the neighborhoods yet it was still kind of that innocence the truth the truth the truth of the matter the truth of it is is that uh I'm I'm gonna say, like we as a nation, we as people, we as society. You know, when when the drugs got into white America, that's when it was. Oh my God! You know what yeah. I'm talking about? Oh no! It's rotting yeah. the neighborhoods. Yeah, when yeah. the Columbia students are, are rioting against the war and you know burning the flag and doing all of this and and putting LSD in their eyes and so forth and so on. and and where I worked, where I, I worked. And I don't say this affectionately, and I don't say it as as racist. I mean, where I worked, it was just one big heroin bag. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, really, you know, everybody was everybody was doing drugs, you know, including white America. Yeah. You know what I mean? Got Whether it was time. cocaine or whatever it was. And yeah, what was you think back then? It was just, I mean, marijuana had always been done, but it was more the. Uh, heroin and cocaine. I never, I never arrested. I never arrested white, black, Chinese, uh, Italian, or whatever it was. I never arrested anybody that was doing heroin, right, or doing cocaine. And I did. I only made a couple of uh, cocaine, but that was doing cocaine that didn't start out with marijuana. Every one of them started out with marijuana. And then needed to just get the high a little. I, I have yeah. no idea, you know, how that worked. But they all started out. They all started out with marijuana. If somebody said to me, you know, I woke up one morning and I, I stuck a heroin needle in, in in my arm, they were full of shit. It's a progression. It, it was, yeah, definitely. So by the time Sonny and I are now working in in the sixties, and 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 the murder rate is coming, and and you've talked here about Nixon, how the Nixon. Bad, the, 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 by this time, the oh. middle 60s, the city, and then, and then you've gone extensively talked to me about how the, the we've gone into detail about how the, the people started to view the police and you became the, oh. the you know, you were the, the, the front line against everybody's yeah. patriot Absolutely. or whatever, of the government or what you know, you were the... Another memory I have of Sonny Grasso is when we would go down and take out a shooting gallery I mean, and that was know, uh, when people you'd, you'd raid a place and it, uh, a location was being used for everybody to shoot up a common area. Exactly, and, and that was what you exactly. call shooting gallery. Exactly, and um, I would say that we did that uh, once every two weeks. All those cases were thrown out. So why do you do that? Because Dion, you better than anybody else in talking to me. It, I tell you, 
it is a numbers game. It's a numbers game. Uh, you know what 42nd Street looks like? Yeah, but you know how many pros we locked up? Do you know what the drug problem is and stuff? Yeah, but do you know how many people we've arrested that are using drugs and buying drugs and so forth? We had an answer back to what was being, you know, dumped dumped on the police department. Yeah. It wasn't the army, the navy. You know, it it, it wasn't the church. It was it was the cop. What was wrong with society was the cop's fault. Yeah, the cop had to the cop had to get out there and clean this up. I mean, when when the husband had you know uh, enough whiskey in him and he beat the shit out of his wife, you know what I mean. And and the cop went there. I mean, the domestic problem, you know, the cop. Yeah, the, you know, the cop has to solve that right then and there. What are you doing? But believe me to go absolutely yeah. absolutely you know one of the memories that I have was you know was everybody in Harlem doing drugs with absolutely not uh, are there bad people in every section of the city are there, are there also good people in every section of the city yes there were yes there were and as far as I was concerned where I worked it was the grandmothers in in Harlem that basically ran it. I mean, I couldn't make six or seven uh, g- uh, guys get off the corner that maybe were doing something that was incorrect and, and not right. You know how that was going to turn out. I mean, this five foot four, 60-year-old woman could come out of here, come on and say, and say fools, get out of here. You fools. And they and left. Listen, yeah. And they left. Yeah. So... You know how hard it is to uh, go into a, 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 a house that's been burglarized or there's been an assault there, and there's no telephones at the time. Sure. So you go down there and you come into their apartment and you're going to uh, take, take the case. And on the wall, on the wall is the Daily News or whatever paper it was, taped up to the wall... And it's all about uh, cops with bats, cops with hoses, cops with dogs against colored people. Of course, that's Alabama or Mississippi, but that's up on the wall. And everybody there that's doing this is white and is a cop in uniform. And I'm coming into this apartment. I mean, do you know how uncomfortable that really was, you know? To, uh, you know, to say, and then they're thinking that you could be uh, the same, you know, have the same mentality of those racists down uh, south. You know, you, you know, you have to be there. You have to experience that. You know, you, you know. So when you kill Martin, when you kill Martin Luther King, and all you're going to do now is set the place on fire and do the and, and and do the looting. I'm telling you, Sonny Grasso. I was there that night with him, and no arrests were being made, and we. I, I, we understood it. We understood it. And I was there with this black detective by the name of Ambrose. And here comes this woman, Dion, all five foot six, whatever it was. And she's coming up well-dressed, obviously a black woman. And she walks up and right in Sonny's face, right in Sonny's face, she says to him, you see what they're doing? You see what they're doing? 
and you are not arresting her? What kind of, that? what example, what are you doing here? Blah, blah, blah. Why are you doing that? Honest to God, she turns to Ambrose and she says, you know if they were white, you'd be in there arresting, uh, arresting them and turned and walked away. It's a life lesson I'm never going to forget. I, I'll not forget that. And we were told not to make any arrests. Was she African-American as well? Yes. Yeah. And there I was standing with, uh, there I was standing with, uh, with, with you know, with, 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 with Sonny Grasso. There are some things yeah. I will never, ever, I will never, ever forget. And most of them are, I was with Sonny. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, 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 I was with Sonny. So did they call him Cloudy? I'll tell you how that came about. <laughs> so that that basically was the 60s for us. And of course, <clears throat> 1969 is the beginning of the end of Sonny Grasso being a cop, a detective, or whatever Before we get into that, was there ever any point in the late 60s where you just felt like, geez, what am I doing, or... Or I can't do this anymore. I mean, there's so much of the. No, when we took out. You know what I mean? When we took out a shooting gallery, he would always say, he would always say, the Calvary is coming. The Calvary's coming. And he used this term. He said, the, the guys with the white hats, they're coming. We just have to hold the line. I credit him with saying that. We have to hold the line. Okay? Much later on, Nixon would declare war. I think maybe 1972, Nixon declared war on the drugs. Dion, I tell you, by 1975, we lost that war. We lost that war. Whatever it was, we lost that the war. The country or Oh, whatever. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, we, I, I, I don't know if I, I, I've told you this, but we we get the call and we go down and 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 sunny it's it's narcotics and i'm and i'm saying it's not sunny it's not it, it's not down we go and here comes i parked the car on the wrong side went in the wrong way here comes one was coming at us one was coming off the stoop, and it was so goddamn fast. It was so fast. So you get a call. Uh, oh, yeah. And you said the call, you, someone's saying it's a narcotics? Someone says, uh, it, it, this, this was the words. Um, it's going down on, it's, it's going down on Hunt 12th Street. It's going down on Hunt 12th Street. I I I I remember the address. It's two forty eight. But uh, you know, uh, it it it's it going down on uh, on uh, on uh, it's going down on 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 Twelfth Street, and uh, you know, and you know, you you bees knows where where that at. You know, the kind of talk in in, in Harlem. Uh, if I was looking for somebody and I asked somebody where that person was, they said, oh. Oh yeah, he, he he be down on 16th Street. That meant 116th Street. I mean, this was the language. Not that there was anything wrong with that. I mean, everybody has their own. Yeah. Okay. So we went down there. I drove the car in the wrong way, and um, I, I I was the driver, and he got out, 
And when he when he got out, he started walking. I came around to the car. He started walking to the guy that was walking towards him. This is Sonny, yeah. Yeah, was walking towards him. And there was a guy. There was a guy on the stoop, and <clears throat> the Sonny grabbed the guy right in front of the stairs. Yeah, you know, who are you or whatever? And the guy had clenched fist. He had clenched a uh, clench uh, clenched fist like that, and Sonny. Turn it loose. Get it loose. It's, it's narcotics. He's on the stairs. They go. Now I go, I go to get, to get the guy that runs up that has uh, run run inside. Uh, right. He was on the stoop. He ran. Yeah, inside. and he ran inside in the vestibule. And by the time I got in there, right behind me, right behind me, through the door comes Sonny and 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 the and, other guy. and the and the other guy. And he twists his hand, and bullets drop down. Bullets. From the clenched fists. From the clenched fists, bullets dropped out. The guy is at the top of the stairs, and now I'm going to go and help Sonny. And now the guy is fighting to get up the stairs, and I'm grabbing the guy, and, and and, and we're on the stairwell, and Sonny gives me a look like that, and I turn around. Like a like a hurt like a frantic or a oh, look. and there is Phyllis Pollard. That's her name, Phyllis Pollard. She's standing with the biggest gun. I guess when it's pointed at you, it's even bigger than what I'm telling you. And she had that gun pointed right right directly at us. I I I leapt off of where where it was, and I grabbed the gun from her. You're on the stairwell at this point. No, I had jumped off the stairwell now. She was standing down. And she was in the vestibule. I see. And boom, right? And it, I, I, broke, uh, I, I broke her jaw. And uh, down she went, and I got the gun. And I turned, and Sonny is halfway up the, Sonny's halfway up the stairwell. And there's a guy standing the other part of the stairwell, and he's crouched. And he's le- and he's like this, and I looks like he got a gun in his hand. Yep, and I let one go. I believe to this day I hit him. I I hit him. Uh, I believe to this day, you know, he's still alive. So I'm a little leery about calling his name. Uh, he made his way to Lincoln Hospital. Lincoln Hospital. That was almost like a home. To the Black Liberation Army, they never told us about who got shot in there. Or what uh, they did not. The BLA. Yep, they did not. Oh, so they would treat. You're saying they would treat people, and uh, they would report if there's a gunshot exactly. Or whatever, no, exactly. Or yeah. So, so you think this was a was this term to set up where you oh, I know you, it. you run I'll, inside? I'm gonna tell you. The I'll, woman is waiting I'll, for you. I'll with tell the you gun. why. Yeah. I'll tell you why. So when I did that, Sonny came over the banister with. You know, with, with the guy, and they they landed on his leg. With all of the shots and the gun smoke, and I'm smelling it, and her screaming, and I I heard that leg, I heard that crack in in, in his leg. Down oh, he, he went. Down on the leg. And I got over there, and I I gave I gave him another, a good one to the head. The guy who you yes, shot yes, because he had a gun yes, already. Yes. Yeah. So 
Not the guy that I shot. The guy that I shot got away. Oh, okay. He ran. He was gone. You're saying the guy that he was tussling with, Sonny was tussling with. The guy that Sonny was tussling with turned out to be Twyman Myers. He would go on to be the number one cop killer uh, on the FBI's most wanted list. Twyman Myers. Now, I have the arrest pictures of him and Phyllis Pollard, and you will see that uh, Phyllis Pollard, which I thought the jaw was broke, it was dislocated, and Twyman Myers, uh, uh, his, uh, his photo is Twyman Myers is, is uh, bandaged from, you know, from the, where I, where I got him. Yeah. Sonny was in tremendous pain, tremendous pain. Twyman Myers, Twyman Myers, it's really, it's, it's really long, but Twyman Myers would go on to trade in the Amsterdam News. Uh, he would send messages to the Amsterdam News. They would print it. They would come to me, and I would, I would send back to Twyman Myers. In the Amsterdam News, I have the articles. Twyman Myers wound up at my at my mother and uh, my mother and father's house in the Bronx. It's all in the book, Circle of Six, uh, all in the Circle of Six, and um, of course, I took the I, I I took the arrest, and he showed up at your parents' house. The end of Twyman Myers. The end of Twyman Myers. Uh, I'm in the Bronx, and I'm 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 uh, I'm playing uh, chess. Uh, uh, my wife to be, Lynn, and uh, I get I get a phone call, and it's Tommy Lyons, who's no longer with us. Tommy Lyons uh, says it's happening, and it, it's happening. I forget the street now. I uh, in the Bronx. I told her. I said I'll be right back. I I, I told Lynn. I, I I said I'll be right back. I went out. Blah 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 the shotgun's in the car I go down and I get up there and as I get up there the shots are, the shots are going off Twyman Myers lets it go uh, with uh, the machine gun? yeah no a machine pistol okay all the way up to the subway to the car windows the FBI agent that uh, was there he lost the the, 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 the tip of his uh, the tip of his finger and so they uh, cornered him, and there was a big shootout. Oh, he came out. He came out of, yeah, came out of the building. Yeah. He came out of the building. Uh, we sent a message in for him to. I wasn't there for this. Sent a message in for him to come out. He wasn't coming out. And how did you? Oh, good police. His brother gave him up. Yeah. His brother gave him up. Remember, I said to you about Phyllis Pollard. Yeah. Phil, uh, I would meet Phyllis Pollard in Mount Morris Park after the arrest. And I didn't know that the FBI was also meeting with her. And I got information from her, blah, 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 blah. And uh, she gave up, she gave up Twyman Meyer's brother. And Twyman Meyer's brother, not to me, gave up Twyman Myers. It was a long process. Sure. So he came out, shots were fired, I ran as fast as I could over there. 
uh, a Lieutenant Motherway was over there, and Lieutenant Motherway, uh, you know, kicked him and turned him over. And yes, uh, it was it was Twyman Myers, and I said to him, you know, Twyman, I win, you lose. I don't know if he was dead or not. I win, you lose, and that was the end. That was the end of Twyman Myers. How many police had he had killed by that time? Well, he, uh, four. Four. He, he, four. Uh, uh, Foster and Laurie. Foster and Laurie. Uh, let me tell you something about Twyman Myers. Uh, when they kill, uh, when they kill uh, Foster and Laurie, uh, you know, I'm gonna, I, I can send this to you. Uh, Twyman Myers did the dance, and they took the gun. The, the, the police the, yeah, service yeah. pistol. Now on Pied, uh, on Curry and Benetti. Where they used, they actually used a machine gun. They were trying to get to the district attorney's office, who lived on Riverside Drive, and it was Hogan at the time, not Morgenthau, Hogan, and the the cops that sat there were Curry and Benetti, and they used the machine pistol, this, that, and everything else, and thank, uh, uh, Curry has, has since passed away. Benetti is still a lot, and they never, never worked again, and um, Twyman Myers sent the license plate from the car that they were in and his manifesto to the New York Times. It was Twyman Myers that did those two cops, right? And it was Twyman Myers with uh, definitely Foster, Foster and Laurie. Yeah, BLA ties? Was he part of the the, the, the like the, the underground movement? Was he was the BLA? He, yeah, was he was he part of the BLA or was he just his own She was the heart and soul. He was the leader. He was the leader of a cell. She, she, uh, uh, she was, she was. They, they, they did the, they did the state trooper when they broke her out of, they broke her out of jail. She killed a cop. She made it into Cuba. Uh, we hunted her day and night to, uh, oh, to get uh, to her. Uh, Chesley, right? John Chesima. Yeah, who's not so out in Cuba. Yeah. That was the end of Twyman Myers. That was the end of. Uh, that was the end. That was basically the end of the sixties. The same way that I secretly uh, cried in 1959 when, the, uh, you know, uh, Don McLean made American Pie, you know, uh, you know that was the end of the music when for the me. the bopper and everybody oh, died yeah, on the plane yeah, crash. Yeah, Buddy yeah, Holly. Buddy Holly and all. That, that was yeah. it for me. That was it for me. And so uh, 1969, you know, after Twyman Myers, after the, the, the thing with, you know, I went to Woodstock. And I and and that was the end. That was definitely the end, the end of the sixties. Yeah. And that would be, the beginning of the end of Sonny Grasso, the operation. He would lose thirty to forty percent use of his leg. They would definitely drum him out of the police department, which he did not want. And so, Sonny limped and labored for the next, I would say, three years to about 1974 and he couldn't anymore he could not anymore and went down they took the medical and Sonny went out Sonny went out on on three quarters by then the French Connection movie was made and as I say to you Dion we were rock stars but I hope I've covered here Memories that I'll never forget, and these memories, you know, include 
Sonny Grasso. Drawing Kennedy, playing harmonica. I mean, no matter how many write-ups you will find of of Sonny uh, on the internet or in the newspapers, I mean, nobody knew that. Certainly nobody... Certainly nobody knew that. And you guys got into film the same time? It's the segue for the Robin Moore book becoming the French Connection? Uh, well, <clears throat> uh, we, got, we got into acting f- uh, from the French Connection. I got into SAG, and, you know, we were partners in many, many things. By the time and He we, was doing the same thing. He got into... Yes. He was producing... And by the time we got to The Godfather... Uh, it, it, it's now known, which, which which I knew back then, which we wouldn't talk about. It's now known that uh, partners and everything. How were we partners in the in the uh, in the Godfather? Well, it's me that kills James Caan at the toll booth, where Coppola says to me, "You're going to be the most hated man in America because Sonny Sonny Corleone." Good looking, and there wasn't a there wasn't a woman in America that wasn't in love with him, and I, I Randy Jurgensen, killed him, and it's uh, it was Sonny Grasso's gun that was taped in the bathroom that Al Pacino goes and gets and kills uh, in the restaurant. He kills Hayden and Salazzo. Yeah. Uh, he, he he kills them. So partners. Using guns uh, in The Godfather? Yes, Sonny Grasso and I. And he writes the Seven Ups. He writes the Seven Ups. And of course, uh, you know, by now, not only am I acting, but I, I raced cars against the clock uh, in Florida. I, 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 I did that. So I am now in the stunt East Coast lifetime member of the Stuntman's Association and I'm I'm uh, I I drove in the French Connection I drove in the Seven Ups I I, I, I did I did some uh, driving in badge 373 I I I, I drove some clo- uh, chases uh, for Kojak uh, and Vigilante I, Vigilante I make I, I'm making good money but yes Sonny goes off and becomes a uh, really a television producer and writer and I I go off and I, I I make what they call guerrilla filmmaking you know maniac vigilante heart you know movies uh, movies like that sorcerer um, well the sorcerer yeah, I mean, that, that same you know, era I I, I work I, I, I almost exclusively on every of the early pictures that Billy Freakin makes, sure. the French Connection, you know, uh, and we said you go on to Sorcerer, uh, cruising is loosely based upon me, Al Pacino playing me cruising and to live and die in L.A. Way. I lived, yeah. I worked all those movies. You did live and die in L.A. as well. Uh, I did some dialogue. I did some dialogue. Yeah, to live and die, and I work uh, and I work a lot of uh, Roy Scheider's movies. Uh, uh, I mean, still of the night. Still of the night. You're the beginning with Meryl Streep. And, yep, and yep, 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 yep. So now, so Dion, I tried. I, I, I know it's about me, but I tried to cover, you know, you know, <clears throat> the loss of uh, the loss of losing uh, lo- losing Sonny. I mean, 
it, in, in the end, you know, uh, Sonny, uh, he 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 was really he was really not well, and there you know there were there were there were signs there were signs early on, and uh, yeah. So what I've tried to do here is, uh, yes, it's what I did, but it's you know the memories that I have with Sonny. So. You guys became one of some of the most iconic. I mean, with Eddie Egan and all that, and um, that was this that almost solidified the '70s. Uh, French Connection comes out, I think, prior to Dirty Harry, and you guys end up paving a way of those '70s cop movies. You could even say the Vigilante movies. You know, as individuals, as individuals, uh, you know, this term is, is is loosely used and things like that. You know, we. We, and and somewhat for some of the escapades that I did, you know, I I sort of became like a legend, you know. Um, I hope that comes out right, you know. Uh, but after the French Connection came out, legends, no, rock stars, yes. I'll give you an example. We took out a shooting gallery. And uh, we go to court. Now, the the prisoners are brought over, and they're kept upstairs, upstairs, one flight up, where the court is one flight down. But before your prisoners come out, they are brought downstairs, and they're uh, put in a holding cell. And then, when the when the bridge man indicates that your case is next. You run in and you get your prisoners ready to be brought out. This is basically an arraignment. Yeah. This is an arraignment. This is not a trial. So we are, we, we're coming close, you know. So Sonny, Sonny says to me, you know, and I go upstairs and I, I, the corrections handle this. I'm just a presence there. Yeah. So they bring, they bring them down. We had five or six. We had five or six. Now, there are prisoners downstairs. They're already in the holding They're cell. They're already in the holding cell. So, um, I could tell you a terrible story of what happened in the Bronx in a holding cell where they, where they were holding prisoners on a dice game, and they brought down a killer, a, 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 a guy that had been arrested for murder, and they put him in there, and uh, and they they brought him out for uh they brought him out to be arraigned. He he went out with the with the people in in the dice, and they were fined two dollars a piece, and out the door they went. And then no one realized that it was him. He walked out with them. He was gone. Yeah. So I bring the prisoners down. I, 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 I put them in there. So I go, I, I, I go back. I didn't get outside, you know, and I, 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 I sat down and, you know, and what, what I did was, was I caught the bridge. Everybody did. I caught the bridge man's eye and I went, you know. In the courtroom. And then they yeah, yeah. The you know, he's still gone. reading off, yeah. doing this, that and everything else. When we hear this commotion, we hear this commotion. And we go running, I go running, 
And of course, I'm in front of Sonny, and I go running in. We open up the door, and there's the correction guys, and <clears throat> they're in the cage, and they're, uh, these correct, they're separating these guys. They're doing this and stuff like that, and, and the language is going back and forth between the prisoners and stuff like that. And what the hell is going on, you know? Now, I'm going to go outside now with a bunch of beat-up prisoners. You know, you know it's going to look... So, what the hell is going on? And... One guy, he really spoke well. One guy, he said, we told them over there that they ain't shit, they ain't nothing. They, they got arrested by nobody. We got arrested by the French Connection detectives. That Holy was something. shit. Yeah. <laughs> and this is what the fight was about. These guys were proud and happy. They were telling everybody that they got arrested by the French Connection detectives. And this is how you became they, rock stars. That, way before that. Yeah. Way before that. I, 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 I think. I think. Uh, you know, we 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 went to the we went to the Copa a lot. Yeah. We went to the Copa a lot. Eddie Egan did not. Yeah. But we went to the Copa a lot. And one night in the Copa, you know, I'm going to say it was Bobby Darren, but I really don't remember uh, who was there. I always remember Wayne Newton, who became a big star. Now, sure. Wayne Newton was upstairs. He, he was writing songs for Don Shane. He was writing songs for Bobby Darren, but he was upstairs. And so we, we go in there and always, you know... You know, you know what I mean by the boys, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the boys. They sat up to the side. You know, there was a, like a little lift from the from the main floor to up uh, the cope, and they sat up in there all the time. You know, the boys being the uh, Italian uh, mafia. You know, let's just call them the boys yeah, at the this boy, point, yeah. okay? And and we would go in there and blah blah blah, and there was a nod. You know what I'm talking about? There was a nod and yeah. stuff like that. And, it's like the sheriff going in the saloon and oh seeing, yeah, you know. Ju and uh, uh, Ju if it wasn't Jules, Jules Podell, it was uh, Louis the Lip, the maitre d, and of course we had a table, and who ends up being Sonny. in sorcerer, right? Yeah. Did, did huh? you say the the maitre d ends up being in sorcerer? He's the guy at the beginning. The, the not actor. only is he in sorcerer, Green Book. Yeah, that's him. Ah, that's him in Green Book. Yeah. So okay, uh, he too is passed on. So we get the, and we're sitting down, and it's the usual. Yeah, how you doing? Over the the, Copa, this yeah. and everything else like that. The Copacabana. They announce Sonny <laughs> Grasso. You talk about a spotlight. They announce Sonny Grasso. Now the act, whoever they are, they're coming over. They want to pose pictures, not with me, with the, but pose with you know with Sonny Grasso and stuff like that. And I remember, and I remember looking up at where, 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 where the boys, where the boys were sitting, and oh my God, they were like in, in like in stitches. They were the, laughing. Yeah, they yeah. were laughing back, and hey, you know, and going like this, you know, because the spotlight was always, the heat was always on them. Now, and then you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what it was. Sonny Grasso was beyond the celebrity, if you will. Yeah. Sonny Grasso, you know, Eddie Egan the same way, but it really was Sonny Grasso. Today, they talk about Sonny Grasso and Eddie Egan, and it's, um, you know, Eddie Egan always stepped on the gas, and Sonny Grasso stepped on the brake. Yeah. No, back then, back then, it was... Uh, 
uh, Eddie Egan was the Doberman Pinscher and Sonny Grasso held the leash. Now, names. Names. And then in the movie, uh, The French Connection, uh, Eddie Egan is supposedly Popeye Doyle. And then um, uh, uh, Buddy Russo, played by Roy Scheider in French Connection, is based off of... Cloudy. Of, of Sonny. Whose nickname was Cloudy. Now, Cloudy. Okay, so... I'll start with Eddie. So, as a unit, we had to, twice a year, qualify in the indoor range with our guns and, and the outdoor range. And, you know... It's it's just it's just really so it's it's hilarious. I it, it, I it, to me it, every time these things are shown in the picture, I mean it's just hilarious to me. I break out. I I can't help myself. I break out laughing. Eddie Egan was the single most worst driver that I ever knew. If there was a parking space, Eddie Egan drove into it with one tire up on the sidewalk. He couldn't back the car in. He couldn't park the car. There, there but was in the a, movie, Gene there, Hackman's oh, well, flying there was around. A guy, there, there was a guy down there, um, uh, not Larry, yeah, uh, Silvestri. Uh, and Silvestri used to say, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, Egan, I guarantee you, you don't have a license. Let me see your license. And Eddie would say, I got a badge. I got a badge. <laughs> I got a badge. So every time I see the chase up there and Gene Hackman's doing this driving, it, it's hilarious to me. Although you did tell me, which is very funny, that, that the first, you know, truth be told, reality is that the first time Hackman gets into the car... He, he drives the block it. and he totals the car, and he, then they like they can't have him. Yeah, my, my brother took him to the uh, my brother took him to the hospital. Yeah, that was the end of Gene driving. Yeah, and then it was yeah. The, I don't care what anybody does. It, you it was the you end of Gene um, driving. Bill Hickman in there. Yeah, yes. So <laughs> Hickman also uh, plays a part in the movie, and people know him from the Seven Ups, and also Bullet. Bullet. Yeah, he drives I, the car, and the, he drives the car. McQueen's chasing. He's the killer Bullet. in Bullet. Yeah, he's, and he's also the killer in. Uh, he's the killer in Bullet. And so, uh, Seven Ups he's got the longer hair. Exactly. But so, in the French Connection, he's the FBI agent who gets killed. The blonde, which I have the picture of me and him standing together, I I I I, I doubled him. Bill Hickman didn't double him. That was uh, the guy who said emulsified himself. Oh yeah, um, Richard. Yeah, uh, Richard Lynch. Richard Lynch, who's so, in um, also which movie you're in? Um, God told me to. Oh yeah, absolutely. But he plays the but um, in uh, in the Seven Ups, Hickman drives that that the car. Hickman drives uh, in, the car. Sh Scheider's chasing in the Seven Ups. Exactly. Yeah. And and Hickman not only drives in Bullet, he's the killer yes, in Bullet. He's the, yeah, he's the. He's and, the and, and so and, and you know and Sonny and I would Sonny and I would say you know what he 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 killed it's good we're going to kill him and <laughs> kill him that was a big mistake but in any case i i want to tell you about the names and i want to tell you a, a regret that's that sonny had so <clears throat> we had to qualify Dion indoor range and outdoor range and at the indoor range that was one thing the indoor range we shot at a target I mean, from here to the television set, but at the outdoor range... About 15 feet. Oh, we shot at the guy. Yeah. And that was uh, that was at uh, Rodman's Neck up in the Bronx. And so we went as a unit, and, and you'd leave as a unit. 
And it, always, always with Eddie, ah, you know, ah, this is nonsense. Ah, blah, blah, blah. That's the way Eddie was with everything. It really was. This. So, <clears throat> so we get up there, bum, 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 we qualify. I'm, I'm, I, I get up there with Dick Oletta and uh, Sonny gets up there. Sonny gets up there with Eddie. Larry Silvestri, there was about eight of us. And bang, 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 shoot at the targets and stuff like that. And the guy, you know, you know, the guy, the, the, the boss is sitting right there and so forth and so on. And every time Eddie's target comes back, he's not qualifying. He did not. This was about two or three times. Sometimes when this story is told, he brought it back ten times. It was about two or three times he did not qualify. And everybody's waiting. We, we can't leave until he leaves. And there's no such thing as telling the guy, uh, well, you know, no. Yeah, there was fudge not. It, yeah. So Dick Oletta, Dick Oletta says, and enough of this shit. <laughs> and Dick Oletta says to the, and, and every time, you know, they only give you six bullets. You don't have extra bullets. And you expend the six bullets so that when you come back, you got an empty gun. You know, you're sitting with the, all the guys. You're not going to shoot. So, and he'd have to get six bullets more. And this happened at least twice. So Dick Oletta says, I had enough of this shit. So Dick Oletta goes to the guy and says, I, I want to practice uh, six shots, which you could. And the guy gives Dick Oletta the bullets, goes up there with Eddie. <laughs> and they fire together. And Eddie's target comes back. And this is the truth, Ian. It's got eight, eight, eight bullet holes. Eight bullet holes in it. But it has the necessary six or five or four with, uh, with it like that. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and okay, the guy says, <laughs> that's it. And we get out of there. Yeah. That's how Egan gets the name Bullets. That's where it comes from. Not... Bullets, no, that's where it came from. By, by the way, by the time I got down to narcotics, they had these names. So Sonny Grasso comes up with the name. They, they come up with the name. I, I don't know who tagged them with it, but he came up with the name Cloudy. First of all, whenever you look at Sonny, he looks like, he looks like sad or whatever it is. Something is always not right. If you took a glass of water here and you took 10 people, five would probably say, ah, well, the glass is half full. Five might say the glass is half empty. Sonny Grasso repeatedly would never say it's half full. It's half empty. You see the way it is now? The sun coming in on us here and the clouds passing by. You might get the guy on television would say, well, it, you know, it's partly sunny. With the, sunny would never say that. It was partly cloudy. <laughs> and there were a lot of other things where, so that's how the name came up, Cloudy. Now, uh, my name came up uh, was Tash in the beginning because I had a mustache from day one. And so they... A, took a that legendary down. mustache. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I always say before Tom Selleck, you know. <laughs> so true. yeah. So yes, and so they came up. Which with, you said with, Johnny Depp borrowed in, in Donnie Brasco because they made you shave your mustache. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Tash. Yeah. So yeah, he, he did Johnny Depp. Yeah, but it, th that's how the names came back. I'll tell you 
a regret, a, a, a regret forever uh, with Sonny Grasso regarding, regarding the uh, French connection. Of course, we all know the rehearsal where the guy, where Gene Hackman shoots the... Like the, the end the of the guy, chase at yeah, the top sh- of the stairs. Shoots him in the back. Yeah. I maintain that was murder. Yeah. Yeah, the, you know, I think you, I... You, yeah, you, you talked about so that you have here. That. So you, you have yeah, all that. People can okay. go listen to... You got so, into a fight with freaking you're saying you yeah, can't so, do that. And, yeah. We are, we're in the precinct now. We're in the precinct. And it's right after... And they, uh, they come down. And Roy Scheider has a bit of a tape. And they come down. And we were never... Now, I'm not talking of the actors. We were never given the French Connection, uh, the French Connection script, uh, you know, like the final version, we were, I, like I was given the, uh, the, the first version. And you, you'd get to a scene like uh, what, we're, what I'm going to tell you about. We'd get to a scene and it would be a conversation a conversation, and it would say between Popeye and 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 thing. Well, I'll tell you how Popeye got his name. So it would be that would be the conversation. It wasn't there. Did they make it up on the spot? A lot of times they did. They were excellent at that, and and Billy freaking encouraged a lot of that. Yeah, he he encouraged me to I th- those lines I have in the garage. They're all me in the French Connection. Yep, you, they're you all say, me. I made them. I the, made uh, them all. Yep. Mind is so, not smoking sign. Yes. Yeah. So Dion, <clears throat> so this is the rehearsal and they come down and and, and Roy Scheider shows his hand and stuff like that and we're, I'm, I'm over in the back and, and, and Gene Hackman says, uh, Gene Hackman says, I told you never trust a nigger. Oh my God, I couldn't believe that I heard that, you know. And I know I'm going back to 1971, but that was just as powerful to not use as it is today. Sure. So, I don't know if it was me that said to Sonny, did you, did you hear that? Did you, uh, or Sonny said it to me. Now, whenever Eddie wanted to correct something, Eddie needed an audience. And it was, nah, that ain't the way you do it. Sonny never did that. Sonny went over to Billy Freakin. I was not privy to the conversation. He went over to it, and they were going back and forth. Sonny is determined, but he's not loud. And they were back and forth, and they were going through this and so forth. I can only imagine what it was. And then in the middle of this, Sonny calls me over. And we, and now I, I come over, and the conversation is going, and unbeknownst to me and Sonny, Eddie comes in the doors, right? Eddie comes in the doors. Now, uh, Gene is drinking coffee, Roy is doing whatever they're doing. They, no, we, ne- we never go to the actor, so they don't know what's going on. And Sonny walked, and Eddie walks in. I didn't know this. And Eddie goes over by the desk. And he's rapping with these guys. Gene and and, uh, Roy. And we're over in the corner. And it it went something like this. uh, In all the the collars that we made up in Harlem. And of course, by now, Billy had been with us. Uh, You take him on a couple runs to show him the scene. Oh, come on. Billy Billy was great. Freaking, yeah. So 
did you, did you ever hear us use those words and stuff like that? And I remember Billy saying, yeah, but you, uh, come on, you, 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 you thought about it. And, and Sonny, Sonny wasn't giving in. And I, I went like this and I said, Billy, I said, you know, Gene Hackman is playing, this is the same story I gave him about the shooting of the guy in the back. I said, Gene Hackman's playing Eddie Egan. I said, you know, Ed, Eddie, Eddie's not going to do that. Every word I'm telling you is the God's honest truth. Billy says, Eddie, Eddie, would you ever call any of the people that you were locking up niggas? He says, yeah, every day, of course. Billy walked away. Sonny walked away, I walked away, and that was it. Sonny was going to rip, rip Eddie Egan's neck out by this. So <clears throat> when we got over there and, and Sonny was going at, at, at Egan, and Egan is, and Sonny is, whatever he's saying, and Egan is saying, ah, they're full of shit, they're all full of shit, they're, you know that, baby. That, that's the way that he was going. And... It was me, turned to Sonny, and, and I said, well, well, maybe maybe we could say, never trust an Italian, never trust, a, maybe, we could, maybe we could add to that. And Sonny came up with the line right away. And that, that Roy shoots back at him. Roy shoots right back at him, right back at, at, at him. Gene. And by now, by now, Sonny has gone to Roy, although Billy, Billy was there, he had no objection. And of course, Billy is, Billy is laughing like hell because this is what Eddie Egan, this is what he did. So I don't know if it was ever going to get out anyway, whether Eddie said that or not. I have no idea. And the line he, ends up being, he says, never trust and anybody. Then, and then Roy writes back, sends back, never trust anybody. Never trust anybody. And then, of course, they go into, are we going to Popeye and so forth and so on? But the point here is that also, to, to, you're trying to stay alone that, you know, with the racial connotations today of that word, it's... Yeah, but even any- back then, you know, and uh, I'm giving you a Sonny Grasso regret. Yeah. A, 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 a regret that every time that picture played, and you know, <laughs> you know when, it, when it came to that, I mean, yeah. It's, it paints it as a, as, a, as a terrible portrayal. And then, you know, and then Eddie Egan saying he would say that, which isn't, you know. Yeah, uh, Dion, it, 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 uh, I, 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 I'm telling you, Dion, we, 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 we used a lot of words, Dion. We, we, we didn't do that. Yeah. We course. did not do that. We did not do that. I, I, I'm, on our records, on our records, that was the first time that I learned it. It's called RP with a slash in there. And that meant uh, uh, like a racial profile. You could work in those precincts. You know, you, you, you could do that. There never was complaints that you came back doing this or you beat them. Or do- no, it was not like that. Of, of course, I played the games with the, you know, with the guy coming in and my skin is tight and banging on the desk to finally the guy would say, who is that? Yeah, okay, I committed the murder. But yes, no. Uh, so you think that Eddie was, was a, just y- yesing him to death? It, it really has not. not Eddie, you know, he says, I, yeah. I, I would expect no less. <laughs> this is what I'm conveying to you, uh, Dion, is uh, a really deep, deep-seated regret 
of uh, not forcing uh, of possibly of Sonny Grasso maybe allowing that he took it on his shoulders allowing that to happen or not fighting hard enough not for that to happen I, I, I'm telling you that forever that hurt him yeah and I, did I ever get used to that no I'm very uncomfortable I'm very uncomfortable about that because no matter what anybody thinks you know Somewhere in there, I, I'm there. Yeah. I'm, Eddie speaking for all of us or whatever it is. I don't want to make more of it than what it was. Sure. So I, I, I just wanted it to be that that was a, 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 a memory I, I, I have of Sonny that that, that was a, a, a regret. And then conversely, you said because of you fighting with... Uh, freaking about the shooting in the back that ends up working reel to reel R E E L versus R E A L. You know, you, you know the story yeah. on that. I I saw the rehearsal and I and, and I know that the gun is lost on the train and and the guy the guy has got his back to to Gene Hackman with his hands up and Gene Hackman shoots him. Yeah, that's murder. How can you do this, Billy? And Billy keeps it up. Don't worry about it. It's gonna. And I'm saying, look, Billy. And, and Billy says, I'm telling you, it's gonna work. Don't worry about it, and so forth and so on. And I don't remember at that point if Billy says, look, I'm directing this movie. At some point, that was said. So I walked away. And I always say this. I fast forward this. And when you fast forward this, there are 1,200 people. In the theater. Just the screening of it, yeah. Oh, my God. It was this private screening. And I'm in the back. I was not sitting down. I'm in the back. Sonny's in the back. I don't remember if Eddie... Yeah, Eddie, Eddie was there. So that whole scene comes about, and there it comes, and there Gene shoots the guy. Shoots, shoots the guy in the back. And for a moment, it's like... De dead silence. 1,200 people standing up screaming, screaming. Cheering. Cheering. Yeah. Billy freaking, he's down someplace. Runs up, sees me, runs up, and hears his words. He said, <clears throat> I told you. He said, it fucking works for me. It fucking works for them. I hope it fucking works for you. And that was his exact language. And then he went back. And then they made And to make poster. matters worse, to make matters worse, the poster comes out, and there it is. The guy's facing you with his back to Gene. He's being shot. His hands up in the air. And Billy freaking, uh, Billy, Billy freaking signs it, sends it to me. Um, hope it works for you. <laughs> Billy F. Yeah. Sends me, sends me the poster. <laughs> I, I think in one of my talks, I, I brought, I brought yeah, the, yeah. I brought, I brought the poster. At the end of the day, and there were many ends of the day. Now, go home. Even in Sonny's eulogy, the first thing in his life, and it said it, before his family, was the police department. Yeah, was the police department. You know, 
in hindsight, with me looking back, that's the way it was. That was it. So it's five o'clock. We're done. I'm doing Eddie's paperwork because he didn't do it. I wound up doing all Sonny's paperwork up in the when we were up in two eight. So <clears throat> come on, Randy, because Sonny didn't do this. Come on, Randy, let's go. He says we can pop in, and it was always down Eddie. in Wall Street. Yeah, yeah, we can pop in down there, and he he wanted to go for a drink long before. And he, and he did, Sonny did not. So he, uh, long before uh, I, uh, Playboy, uh, well, maybe Playboy was a, a, at the time, these cocktail waitresses would wear these skimmy-looking uh, things. And oh, because Playboy had the clubs that had the girls in the yeah, bunny outfits. Now this, yeah, now this, this, this place had these girls. And it was someplace down in the Wall Street area. I, I, I can't think of it. And it really was, but before happy hour, this was cocktail hour. Yeah. And so this was like five o'clock, six o'clock, or whatever it was. Come, let, come on, we're going to pop in down there, blah, blah, blah. I don't know how many times he said that. And, and then we'll pop over uh, to this other joint. And Eddie would go in there. And he would and he would have on a tie clip that said NYPD. His gun was sticking out from it from from his uh, from his ankle. Um, oh, uh, handcuffs! Uh, I mean, not handcuffs. Uh, cufflinks. Cufflinks that were handcuffs. And he'd be talking to them, and he'd lean over to me, and he'd say, "You know, she made me." I, I, I don't. That's the God. Uh, this and he believed this, and I said, "Oh my God!" And you know, uh, I remember. I, they, they seem to have like an English accent about these, uh, uh, you know, about you know about these girls. But let's pop on down there, and then, and it wasn't me. One day, it was Popeye. He was now known as Popeye. So. I was Tash, he was Popeye, and Sonny was Cloudy. Uh, Larry Silvestri, Larry Silvestri was known as uh, uh, Scratchy Larry. Every day in narcotics, when we were working days and we would show up, Larry Silvestri had a scratch sheet. You know what a scratch sheet is? It's the morning line for all the horses that are going to run. <laughs> <laughs> so he'd know what to bet, what to bet on that day. Yeah. And. And, and and guess what? Bookmaking was illegal. Yeah. But Larry got his bets in all... So he was known as Scratch Sheet Larry. Scratch Sheet Larry. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, making the French connection and things along the lines like that, Dion, Fat Thomas, you know, and, fat, you know, Fat Thomas is just a total and complete sweetheart. But if Fat Thomas is not one of the boys, he knows all the boys. Fat Thomas is the bartender when Gene Hackman wakes up sleeping uh, on the bar that morning. Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah. That's the bar that we would meet for real. Yeah. Fat Thomas. And there was dialogue and it never made it into the movie. So... Could Larry Silvestri place his bets with that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, yeah. there, there was always there was always a way into that other world that if we needed to get a message or a way that it would definitely definitely come back. I mean, 
Did it work back then? Yes. Did it work, let's say, three or four years ago? Yeah, I'll tell you how it worked. We were going to film Donnie Brasco uh, in Brooklyn. And the director, like Billy Freakin, believed every scene in The French Connection where we could get that it happened, that's where we filmed. Sure. Brooklyn Bridge, Little Italy, absolutely. Brooklyn. That, well, this director wanted the same thing in Brooklyn as to where Joe Pistone... You know, A.K.A. Donnie uh, Brasco. Once again, my, my FBI friend, uh, probably of 50 years now. Which you bring up, of course, in Circle of Six, your book. Okay. Yeah. So, <clears throat> comes Joe comes to me and he says, you know, there's half a million dollars on, 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 on his head. And he comes to me and he says, Rand, he says, uh, blah, 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 blah. And I said, okay. There's a bounty on his head because of what he because of the real story of yes. that, what happened with the yes. mob and now yeah. he's wanted there's a contract on his life. And for all intent purposes, Brooklyn put that and now we're gonna go film on Brooklyn. Yeah. And of course Joe, Joe I said, Okay. So <clears throat> I work out I work out with the last godfather. I have a meet, and I meet with the brother-in-law. He's sitting way back in the diner. The exact words, they wind up using it in the movie. <clears throat> blah, 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 you know, we're filming out here and stuff like that. Look, Randy, if it had to be anybody, yeah, we were glad that it was Donnie. We were glad we 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 were glad, we 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 were glad that 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 it was Donnie, and a real didn't use words like stand up and so forth and so on, and if it had to be anybody, uh, we're glad it it, it 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 was Donnie. Now I didn't have to say I didn't have to say. Where we're going to be filming out here, we're going to be doing this, we're going to be doing that, and so forth and so on. I, 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 I did not, you know. And was there a, a, a an acknowledgement uh, from the back of the diner over there? Just what you're doing to me now, j just not, how you're doing yeah. it, right? I got up, I walked up, I came back, and I told I told Joe, and of course Joe told the director. Don't you know the director now wants to have the meet? I mean, this is how sometimes things get out of hand. Sure. But this story is about having to reach out to the other side and have the other side, uh, you know, okay, something, you know, okay, or reach back, or you know, or or, or whatever it was. There always was that connection. And I'll tell you, Dion, uh, you know, if you were to paint the middle of a line down Fifth Avenue, I mean, on one side, let's say, would be the good guys with their toes right up to that line. And on the other side would be the bad guys, 
You know what I'm talking about? Sure. With their toes right up, that's a and it's a very fine line. Yeah. So, um, the thin blue line. Uh, so that would, you know, that would be you know more of of, of basically how we worked. Uh, you know, a, a, a cop, especially a detective, is only as good as his information. And I told you about taking numbers from uh, Clint. And there was a guy by the name of Jasper. And I thought that Jasper worked for Clint. Jasper, as it turns out, was the bank. And the bank is the money. Jasper, Jasper would come by for the monies, not the work. Clint kept the work because Clint would be the would have the who hit and who, he kept the books. And of course, and the the bank would leave the money because they knew the, what number came up. But then they and and that bank money wound up in Harlem. That's where the bank money was wound up in Harlem. I would learn later on that guys like Spanish Raymond, they were actually, they could actually sit at that table. That, you know, sit at that table. If you weren't in, when I was up in the 2-8 and Clint was now operating on a level way up from taking street numbers, and Clint was Clint was was working, you know, absolutely working there. Well, here's that you know that toe coming up to that line, and the the guy that's on the other side is on that line. I mean, I had the greatest information, not on some drug addict that killed a, 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 another uh, a drug addict but I was very very helpful with the information of when they started killing cops you know blah 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 and so talk about being plugged in I was that helps I, that helped a lot oh I was really plugged in so that's my story of 12 years old collecting numbers for this man, Clint, and now being, you know, a, a, a first grade uh, homicide uh, detective in, in Harlem, and now working on the killing of, uh, the killing of, of, of police officers, you know? It was, yeah, it, 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 it was. But <clears throat> these are the things that, that you know that have really all come back you know the passing of uh, of, uh, 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 of of Sonny Grasso all these feelings come back and you start having these well, memories well you know you know it, it, uh, you know not not only that but you know you know escaping a, a, a couple of times that you know we could have lost our lives we, we we really we, we really could. Well, the could incident have, you just you, you could have any, any you could have any any 
any angry any angry guy w- 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 with a gun. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, you could have. You were hitting the head with the bat with the brick in the back of the head during the riot. That's in your book, Circle of Six. You could have died from that, or any number of times, like you said. And the guy that I was working with did die. Yeah, yeah. You know that uh, any one of those things. Uh, you know, it, it it really could have it really could have happened to us. You know, we had a lot of a lot a lot of things. I mean, you know, an extremely good friend. There was no such thing as a bad friend. So, when I say a friend, uh, a good friend, uh, in in the French Connection, worked in narcotics. Not when I was there. Uh, became very very close with uh, Sonny Grasso. His name was Joe Nunziata. He committed suicide, and two weeks later, Kelly, uh, of which we went to see and to speak, I I did not. Sonny, I stayed downstairs. Sonny, Sonny spoke with him and so forth and so on. And who was he? Who was Sonny? I mean, who was Kelly? In the context of this, he was an officer. Narcotics. Or? He was also a narcotics. back in the day. Yeah, c- committed suicide. He did too. Yes, yes. And all of this belched up when the drugs went missing, and that was that was a terrible, that was a terrible time. Uh, it was a terrible time for Sonny. No, what now? They hounded him. Now, can you sum up what we're so people who don't know anything about what you're talking about? Yes. Uh, <clears throat> another another story. Uh, this story is told six different ways. This is the way that I know it. A, a drug bust was made, and whenever you made a drug bust and it, uh, it pertained to kilos and stuff like that, it, you know, it actually was given an atomic test. That was the nickname that was given to him because it was sent down to some place in Kentucky. I'm not really sure. And it was analyzed, pulled apart, marked. It, uh, it had its own little story and stuff like that, right? Of the manufacturing of it, so they would they would absolutely they would take it apart and figure out what's they, in it and all that. They and would do whatever whatever they did with it, and then of course it would be sent back with, would, with a list of would, this is what's yeah. in it, this is where it was, and this is the whatever they did. We had well, we had no interest in that. Sure. We had no interest in yeah. that. Although they were the ones that showed that this was eighty seven percent pure. Yeah. So back and it would come back up, and it would go into the property clerk's office. Well. We, we did this in 62. Sometime in 70s. I would think... But I can't, I can't exactly remember. I'll, I'll say 1970. They send back from there, right? Oh, we did this already. We did this one already. How did Christ did it get back down there? This this load was was already was in the property clerk's office. How did it get back down there? Obviously, it's out in the street because there's a, there's an arrest made on it, and it goes to you people. So that's interesting. So now, it's almost like there's a there's a fingerprint on every. You're saying every drug bust you can identify, yeah, not, and then if not, it, not not on a heroin bag, you know, but you would. But what, if you're talking kilos, yeah. Well, when you're talking uh, what what uh, thirty two million dollars, yeah, in, in in one one arrest, I mean, in, in it'd, be, it'd be worth a half a billion. Yeah, 
You can, so you can analyze, that is you anal- can analyze it chemically. For whatever it is, I really don't understand that process, Dion. So, you, now that's so the there way. was an arrest made, a seized, and then when that stuff went back and then went down to analyze, it was it was on the street. You're saying they came back and said, we already did this 10 years or something. That's how I know it. Yeah. There are other stories. Yeah. That's how I know it. So immediately, they went to the property clerk's office. And there, it was all there, but it was quinine, baby powder, whatever it was. The stuff that was supposed to be in there from this first So bust. it was taken out and put back with shit. Yeah. Now, supposedly, I've heard ants were eating at this thing. That's how they found out. I've heard so many stories. I don't know what the truth is. You're saying I don't even know. Was, I don't even know. Flour or sugar. And yeah, that's what I don't had. even know what. If what you're saying to me is correct, is the truth. Yeah, that's what. That's what I know it. Well, legend. from that from that point on, and that and that uh, back, Baxter Street is located just across the street from what was then police headquarters, where these these drugs were taken out. I mean. They didn't take out $10,000 worth of drugs. They got them a million dollars, maybe more. And, you know, we're talking 19, uh, 1970s. You know what that would be? So, and that's what started it. And, of course, now you have to focus on the investigation. And, of course, it's the, Fre- it's the French Connection drugs. And, uh, you know... And this ended up... Oh, my God. How they hounded... Uh, they hounded Sonny Grasso, and, and you know, and and the point of it is, at one point, long before they found this out, those drugs were taken out in mass and sent down to Washington D.C. and they were on display, you know, uh, showing what the drug problem is here and so forth and so on. And then, of course, the drugs is then and and, and sent back up. And and I'll tell you, I witnessed this. I witnessed this. There came up. Before any of this, there came up, you know, to uh, we're, we're going to release and, and dump the drugs. Or, it's not that words and stuff like that. I had, I had murders uh, 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 committed. I, I couldn't even remember how long ago it was. And they, the property clerk would take all of these uh, stuff and they would bring it out somewhere in the ocean and they would dump it. After the case was closed and everything, they Critical, wanted to yeah. do that. They wanted to do that with the drugs, either burn it or dump it or whatever it was. And Sonny said no. Sonny said no. So that worked two ways against him. Oh, he said no because they were taking the drugs in and out and doing it. Uh, and, you know, first of all, it, it was all done and it was all done. If Sonny was a part of it, he would have said yes. And they would have they would have dumped flour and it would have never come to light, you know. Yeah. So there were two ways of looking at that, you know. So um, I, I people went to jail over that. People went to jail over that. Um, indirectly, maybe directly, people committed suicide over that. So yeah, that was. And then who? And then it ended up clearing. I mean, it oh, was yeah. never nobody. No. Was, uh, yeah, what no. you're talking about here today was no. implicated in it all. Nope. That. Yeah. Never, never at all. Never at all. Yeah. But it's just a tough time because then the stress. Goes, oh, yeah. that was it. Yeah. That, you know, that that really was it. But, you know, there's probably so much more that, you know, 
you know, like involve that involves me, but but you know, Sonny, Son, you know, Sonny was there, or I, I was working with Sonny, or, or or whatever it was. I mean, I was I was working with Sonny when Patsy Fuca showed up to the police station, the twenty eight precinct, and downstairs called upstairs and said who was downstairs, and he wanted to come uh, upstairs, and he was out of prison by then. And uh, obviously, and, um, you know, of course, he was searched and everything. And he was escorted upstairs. And I, I remember Sonny was standing uh, uh, by the gate and I was standing over, standing over on the other side so that we had him right in there. He walked in, never even looked at me. He knew Sonny. And he, he said to Sonny, he said, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I, 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 I read the book. I understand you're going to make a movie. And it wasn't much more than this. I understand you're going to make a movie. And Sonny said, yeah. Yeah, it was. And he said, I'm telling you right now, he said, Burt Lancaster better better portray me, Sonny. You better have Burt Lancaster. And of course, there were smiles and laughter and stuff like that. And he walked out, Sonny looked at me. And yeah, I couldn't believe, you know, of, of what happened, what had just happened. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All these oh, memories, yeah. 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 Well, thank you very much for talking today, and thank you for wanting to, you know, at the very least, if there's, you know... You got some time yeah. for lunch? Yeah. You know, Dion, you know, you know what's really not said, uh, said about this? Um, from about 1970, which it really got hot, which it really got the killing of the cops, uh, uh, of which cops were being killed... Uh, you know, I went off with Nick Cirillo. I mean, you know, I I told you of how I got the phone call and I go up and I'm playing chess with Lynn, who would be my uh, be my wife. And I came back and she, she was sleeping on the sofa, and um, and I said to her, "Oh, I'm uh, I'm back now," and. Uh, I don't know in what order she said this. She said, oh, I saw you on television. I didn't know that they, that, uh, they, they were there. Uh, the, the news, yeah. The news was there. For the shootout. Yeah, them. and it was on television at 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. And I said, oh, yeah. And, of course, that when she also told me, I got the phone call that it eventually would give me the Moss case. Why I'm saying this... Is, Which is your circle of six book. Well, why I'm saying this is that, you know, Sonny's family and my family, they were, she went through, she went through this. Lynn went through, Lynn went through every bit of this. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I go off to work and I'm at LaGuardia La Air, Airport at uh, seven o'clock in the morning and I'm fl I fly out to uh, San Francisco, and you know, you're bringing back. Uh, yeah, I'm bringing back bottoms in Washington. Yeah, and I I I, I, I think I went back out there a second time, but I cop I can't killers, remember. Right? Yeah, cop killers. Who were, who were, yeah, Washington died in prison, and they, but I mean, this is all going on. Yeah. This is all going on, and then of course, Albert Victory escapes. Albert Victory escapes from the the mob breaks him out of prison. 
And so I live in a post office box. I live here under the name of Bucci, which is her maiden name. My, the, the, my, my children are, 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 going to, are going to the school. Sometimes a, a, a police car followed them to the school or whatever it was, uh, or, or she took them to the school. And, you know, and the school had to, the school would call back if one of them was not there or whatever it was. I mean, you know, when, when he escaped, emergency service came, came, came up with, with uh, guns. I, I've had to have panic. You, you. I've had to have pa panic phones in the house here. No, give nobody my telephone number. Nobody knows where I live. It's under a strange name, you know. And you had some she went through bounty on your head. And she, yes, and she went through. Yeah, and my, and my wife went all through this. How it affects not the to family. say what what my mother and father had to be relocated. My sister postponed her wedding. The same thing happened in Sonny's family. Yeah. The same thing was happening. The same thing was happening with Sonny. I mean, you know, to leave work and to have to drive down the street the wrong way and not come home, the, not not come home the same way, looking over your shoulder and stuff along the lines like that. You know, because you're coming, you're coming home to your family. There's a price on your head. I'm working with Joe Pistone. It's a half a million dollars on his head. Did did we go through that? Absolutely. But you know, there are people that it affects family. Yeah, yeah. There are children involved here, you know? Yeah. So it it was rough on them and they came through it. Yeah. They honestly Lynn Lynn really never questioned me. She she she, she didn't question me. Uh I, I, I think I know she knows what I was doing. But the crowning point of, of keeping everything as a secret is when you're on the front page of the Daily News and she's coming out of the movies with her girlfriend and her girlfriend says, gee, I think that's uh, uh, Randy. He's dead. Is he dead? And of course, the, the phone calls then, then start. Thank God for my friend Jimmy Arricchio, you know, brought her down to the hospital and everything. They was sort of not hiding too much from her after that, you know. When you were injured in the ride in, in the mosque, in the mosque oh, yeah. case. From the page of, yeah. the, of the news. The you Phil can't hide, you can't hide that. Yeah. You can't hide that. Yeah. Well, people should go read your book, Circle of Six, to, 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 to learn about that amazing story. And Well, as we, as we speak, uh, I think this Friday uh, we will... Uh, close an option deal uh, with a company that wants to make Circle of Six a docudrama. They will make a doc first and they will turn that into a docudrama, you know, with actors and so forth and along the lines like that. That I've never been this close with Long that overdue. book. Right. Long overdue. Right. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> there is a very small book deal, uh, uh, you know, uh, about me from when I'm uh, when I was a kid, superintendent, you know, being arrested at 12 years of age, taking numbers, and of course, Dion, you know, where I was in the academy one week, and I was still, uh, you know, steering for the crap games, wherever the crap game was and wherever what they, they called the wire room. 
you know, because they would move that room all the time. Yeah, okay, they're all over there. Of course, I was getting paid for that when two cops grabbed me, Sonny Israel and uh, Tony Altamari. They grabbed me. You're under arrest. We know what you're doing, so forth and so on. And I said to them, I said, uh, look, I'm in the academy. They, they couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe it. Holy crap, what are you doing? What the bap 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 Once again, Sonny Grasso met me in the 2-5 precinct, Dion. Met me in the 2-5 precinct on the steps. And you know who the cops were that were already working there? Sonny Israel and Tony Altamari. Tony Altamari, we get together all down at Nick's house. And he still says... Were you making that much money for taking them? That you were still doing it. No, it was known throughout the whole precinct over there. Yeah. It was known this is... Yeah. That story didn't go away. Sure. It did not not go... So that's what the book... This new one. The the tentative book. Which will be your your early years up until, uh, you know, your that. I thought you'd write it. (laughs) I'd love to. Randy, thank you so much. Thank you so much for talking to us today. Ian, thank you for being a friend. And, uh, yeah, you know. I love you too, Randy. Okay. (laughs) I do. I do. We'd like to thank Randy for his time, and also Jay Blake and I would like to extend our most sincere condolences to the Grasso family and his brothers in blue. Our thoughts and prayers go out to them in this difficult time. Please check out our other exclusive interviews we've done with Randy Jurgensen, where we unpack his legendary career in both the police department and the film industry. Those episodes with first-hand knowledge and exclusive anecdotes you will only find here on the Saturday Night Movie Sleepover podcast. Please also check out Randy's book, Circle of Six, the true story of New York's most notorious cop killer and the cop who risked everything to catch him, which is available online and wherever books are sold. Please check us, Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers, out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and at our homepage. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Please also check out Blake's book, Scored to Death, Conversations with Some of Horror Movies' Greatest Composers, and my book, Blood in the Streets, both available in paperback, ebook, and Blood in the Streets can also be found as an audiobook. And we also hope to see you again next week on an all-new episode of the Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers' podcast.